Hey everyone, welcome to Sunny Commutes Podcast Episode 40. This is where I talk web development, business, and other related topics. So, uh, happy Friday. Hope everyone is having or has had a good weekend, depending on when you're listening to this. So today, I'm actually just going to publish two call-ins. One I forgot about over Thanksgiving break. So I called into another anchor station, uh, Anchor Talk with Dr. Dan. So Dan responded back. Um, basically, what I called in was saying what I was thankful about uh, for Thanksgiving. And of course, I did an episode on this as well. So uh, that his response, I'm going to publish on this episode. And then another one is a really good question from uh, another anchor station called 365 Tech Suites. So he asked about, in regards to uh, cross-browser web development, uh, kind of how, what are some of the good tools and frameworks to help make that easier so that you're not uh, writing the same thing or really um, putting in a lot of effort to get things looking and working right on multiple browsers. So that's, of course, in relation to my previous episode uh, where I talked about or kind of ranted and gave a PSA about why you should not just develop for a single browser. Uh, so yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, after the call-ins play, I'll go ahead and uh, give my answer, what I think, what are some of the good tools and frameworks. So have a listen and I'll be right back. Hey Sonny, it's Dr. Dan from Anchor Talk. Thanks so much for calling into our station and sharing what you're thankful for. And I would totally agree with you. I am so thankful for the internet as well. And it just hit me the other day. You know, it, it is an absolutely amazing time to be alive in world history. And what has changed, I'm 58 and feeling great. And I have seen in my lifetime, I mean, there was no internet computers when I went to high school in the 70s. And then I have lived through this amazing transformation. And I just love it. I'm techie and geeky and just it's a matter of leveraging the potential uh, in connection and and just sharing ideas so uh, I totally agree with you I'm thankful for the internet as well hey I'm gonna share some of your content on our station right now you're rocking it out love uh, your episodes and uh, thanks again and let's stay connected happy Thanksgiving hey Sonny love the message what do you recommend as some tools or frameworks so that people don't have to duplicate work to build for these browsers. I agree people need to build. I feel like there should be some tools that already exist so that people don't need to just build um, the same product multiple times. Thank you so much for calling in. In regards to what Dan said, I'm in complete consensus there that it's an amazing time to be alive with the internet and technology and how fast it moves. Now, I've experienced a lot of change in technology, and I'm only 24. I, you know, I didn't grow up with uh, cell phones and uh, the early ones. There were flip phones. Uh, nothing was really touchscreen. Um, you know, no one really had, you know, multiple like computers in the house. Um, a lot of the times, it was just one desktop computer that was shared, um, and you know, and TV was more important than just having you know Netflix and stuff. It's just so many things that have changed. Um, so I definitely agree there, and it's uh, it's amazing to see how technology moves and how fast it moves. So uh, moving on to the question that uh, 365 Tech by Suites uh, gave me. So yes, there are definitely tools and frameworks for uh, dealing with cross-browser web development. So 
you know, in terms of this whole topic in which, you know, some of these companies that only develop for Google Chrome um, or just a single browser, you know, a lot of the, the, the argument there is that, you know, browsers, you know, browser makers, they don't really make good browsers like, hey, Chrome renders everything uh, almost perfectly. I'm just going to develop for Chrome. And here's the thing. Yes, there are some differences between the modern browsers, but, but for the most part, if you develop just for Chrome and then you go to Firefox or even Opera, which uses the same rendering engine as Chrome, I believe, um, or you go to even like Safari or Microsoft Edge, the latest versions of these browsers, pretty much like 99% will render your code the same way. You don't necessarily have to build your site differently but here's the thing, right? If you don't check at all and there is a small bug or maybe something just completely, you know, does not render your site, um, but it might be a really simple way to fix that, um, you don't want to just drop support completely because, again, it's just very simple to develop for multiple browsers. And so let me go ahead and give some tools um, and frameworks for that. So when we're talking about the web, there's three languages, right? There's HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Uh, HTML, for the most part, you don't really have to do too much work there. It's just you write some markup, and then CSS and JavaScript will layer on top. You know, CSS to give uh, the visual layer, JavaScript for the functionality. And with CSS, you pretty much, uh, well, that's where, you know, you get those visual changes between different browsers. But how do you deal with that very easily? You can actually automate it. So there's a tool called Auto Prefixer, and that deals with uh, automatically adding vendor prefixes to your CSS properties. And so, you know, with different browsers uh, at different time periods, they will implement certain features and they will, um, if they're experimental or kind of just, they're trying to, you know, test and make sure they get the implementation correctly, or it's not fully implemented, like the spec is not complete. Uh, a lot of these browsers, they'll just, they'll add those properties, but they will prefix them. So Firefox will have dash moz dash um, animation name or dash moz dash border radius. You know, they'll add these, this prefix um, and just about every browser has their own. And doing that manually, obviously, can get very tedious, but there's a tool to automate it. So Auto Prefixer handles that. Uh, it's basically a build tool. You run your CSS through it, and um, you can even run it through de uh, during development, too. So that's really cool. Um, also for CSS, I would definitely recommend using uh, UI frameworks like uh, Bootstrap or Foundation. Um, or just really any style guide. So basically what you want is these pre-built components where someone, you know, some other team or some company uh, developed the framework and um, these components. So if you need a drop down, a button, um, pretty much anything, you know, it's going to be able to be customizable so you can have it look how you want it to. But with using a UI framework, you're uh, you know, all these, all these components are already cross-browser compatible, and so you don't have to deal with writing them yourself and uh, kind of um, reinventing the wheel, right? Someone already made a drop-down. Someone already made, you know, some carousel, um, just reusing components there. Um, you're having some sort of style guide. You already, you know, have these pre-made components. Um, definitely really helps. So those are a couple more, a couple of tools there. I'll talk about JavaScript in the next segment.
Okay, so now talking about JavaScript, I actually deleted the segment by accident and I'm re-recording it. Uh, I thought it was a duplicate and so that's completely my bad for anyone that has already tried to listen to this and noticed I did not put up the, the segment. Uh, but yeah, speaking of JavaScript, so one way to um, not have to write the same functionality or deal with a bunch of cross-browser issues is to transpile your code down to a version that a lot of browsers understand. At the moment, it's ES5, and what this means that you can write your code in ES6, which just includes a bunch of uh, features and uh, new syntax that makes it easier to uh, write your code, make it more manageable, and so, uh, one tool that can help you do that is Babel. Uh, Babel.js basically just transpiles it down and it's very configurable. It's actually how it's built. You configure it exactly how you want, although you can do an environment preset and that will just detect, okay, you know, based on the browsers that you support, it will uh, transpile your code down to only what you're supporting and not have any needless code or useless code in there. Um, that, that you don't need. So Babel is the most popular one, uh, but there's a bunch out there. Now what Babel also provides is a polyfill. Uh, you can pull in polyfills on your own, but Babel uh, provides one for you. Basically what this does is similar to transpiling, but if there's a feature that is not, um, is not compatible with a certain browser or across the board of all modern browsers, it will just provide uh, that, that feature, it'll, um, it'll polyfill it. So what that means is that it will um, just have JavaScript code that uh, provides the same feature, but it doesn't force you to you know, use that feature in a different way. You can write your code as if you know, you're writing for Chrome or a browser that supports that feature. And then in terms of uh, browsers that don't support it, that polyfill will be there and um, provide the same functionality. And speaking of polyfills, there's actually a service that automates all this for you, you know, based on your browser, based on, uh, depending on which features you want to support, you know, just, you know by default, it'll support everything. And uh, that service called polyfill.io. And that service, pretty much, like I said, it um, detects the browser and polyfills all the features um, that it does not support. So that's well, to, that's one of the easiest ways to do it. Um, definitely recommend run you, running your code through Babel, having the environment preset in there. Now, similar to uh, CSS, um, you know, you do want to use components that are already pre-built and will have that cross-browser functionality already there. Uh, Bootstrap does provide JavaScript plugins for uh, a lot of their components. So the dropdowns, any um, collapsible components, or like a carousel, you know, really don't want to reinvent the wheel, but you can go ahead and pull in those components, configure and customize how you want them, um, you know, and, and that kind of takes care of any cross-browser issues that you might have. Um, now you can go ahead and build your own as well, and there are some components that are, are very customizable or just kind of bare bones that you can build on top of. And, you know, in terms of writing JavaScript, I really recommend picking a, some sort of UI framework like React or Angular. What those provide is for managing state, it makes it a lot easier. It's more declarative, uh, which I might do a topic on that, declarative versus imperative. But 
it makes state management a lot simpler, um, which makes it where, you know, instead of writing just um, with vanilla JavaScript or with like jQuery, it kind of reduces a lot of bugs if you write it in React. Um, and that makes it, you know, just where you don't have to worry about a lot of the same issues as you would with uh, jQuery or vanilla JavaScript, having to write it a certain way and deal with, um, with cross-browser issues all manually. It just kind of, um, you know, you still might have to deal with some things, but um, basically, you know, you do want to use a framework, use uh, pre-built components, anything that just kind of takes care of a lot of the cross-browser issues that you might have. So hopefully that has been useful. Hopefully some of these tools, if you haven't heard of it before, um, it helps you out. Um, you can tweet me at sunnysync.io for any topic suggestions or any feedback or tools that I might have missed. And I'll talk to you on the next one.